the laws are extremely confusing, especially law in Australia. This is the Intelligent Rebellion. Howdy, 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 folks. Welcome to the Intelligent Rebellion podcast. My name is Rhea Mercado and I am your host. Um, recently, I was engaged in a thread on a Facebook forum. Um, I don't usually enjoy having nuanced conversations over social media comment sections, um, so I bowed out after a few exchanges. My entry point to the thread was regarding the use of the word specialist, and the discussion went to whether exercise physiologists were subject to the Health Practitioner Regulation National Law Act 2009, that is a freaking mouthful, um, which is a nationally consistent law which was passed in Queensland and enacted in states and territories in 2009 and 2010. Because that whole act is a total mouthful, I'm just going to start referring it to as the national law and there are links in the show notes. One side of the discussion in that thread was that EPs, exercise physiologists, were not subject to the national law. And I, I agreed that yes, exercise physiologist services fall outside the scope of reg of the national law, rendering certain provisions of the law inapplicable to this profession as EPs. Nonetheless, every person as an individual is subject to the law of the land. So as I dove straight down the legal rabbit hole, I found more questions than answers, and that's when I turned to Tyrone Walker, lawyer at Hunt & Hunt here in New South Wales. Here is the disclaimer, folks. I'm throwing it out there. This episode or anything that Tyrone and I actually speak about is not legal advice and should not be taken as legal advice. Just like with all the episodes of the Intelligent Rebellion podcast, my chat with Tyrone is to explore a topic. If you want specific legal advice, Tyrone would be more than happy to take a phone call or an email and we'll throw all the details in the show notes. Give him a buzz and speak about your very specific circumstances. So let's go. Hi, Tyrone. Thanks for joining me here at the Intelligent Rebellion podcast. Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, name, what you do, and what animal do you most vibe with? Hi there, Ria. Thanks, thanks for inviting me on. Uh, the question that you've got, or the couple of questions today, will be great. I'm a lawyer at Hunt & Hunt Lawyers. I'm based in Sydney. We've got offices across the country. Our broad client base includes large and small businesses, government departments, major insurance firms, not-for-profit organizations, and obviously the private clients and individuals. We offer a wide range of legal services, everything from corporate and commercial, competition and consumer law, family law, property law, IP law, environment. So we offer a wide range of legal services, and obviously we, we're always open to having a call with anybody. We try not to be like the typical lawyers that uh, charge for every second, you know. We try to be the, the welcoming friendly lawyer that you can just pick up the phone and, and sometimes just ask a quick question. So thanks for the disclaimer. Uh, it's better, <laughs> better, better than I could have written, but in any case, um, yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, I, I'm going to go back to what animal do you most vibe with? It's a left weird-ass question, but... <laughs> no, it's a good question. Obviously, you can hear the South African accent. And so originally from South Africa and we moved across a while ago. So I vibe to a lion, I think. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> roar. <laughs> Give us your best lion roar, Tyrone. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, my kids uh, will, will struggle at that. I'm pulling uh, your leg. To that point, Hunt and Hunt lawyers have been people that I talked to when I called you randomly um, in December and I was like, tell me more about the law. And you were great in answering my question and diving onto here. So I sent you some of the comments from that Facebook thread that I spoke about at the top of the episode and about the national law. And it was specifically about the terms of specialist and specialization. There was one comment on the thread that I really wanted to explore with someone like you, which was that exercise physiologists aren't subject to the national law. There are no legal consequences. And looking at the context of the Facebook thread, the exercise physiology services are not subject to the national law. However, I would have just thought that a person like me as an individual would still be subject to the law. Can you give us a quick like legal 101 on what laws are? What is the rule of law and, and like who in fact is subject to laws? You know what, it's, it's a great question and it's, and it's not a simple answer. Mm -hmm. uh, the laws are extremely confusing, especially law in <laughs> Australia. Um, you know, you've got your states and you've got your federal laws and there's so many laws. I, I would be confused myself, you know, just having a look at this and trying to Google because even Googling and, and trying to find what the answer is, is complicated in itself. But to kind of make it as simple as possible, there's the national law, okay? And this applies to health practitioners. And what they have done is try to make a standard approach to what the national law, who it covers, and, and what industries it covers. Basically, it covers the health profession, and it, and it breaks down that into, I think it's 16 categories, and I'll, I'll read them out to you so kind of everyone understands. And that's Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander health practice, Chinese medicine, chiropractic, dental, so that will cover, you know, dental profession, therapist, hygienist, all of those. Then it's medical, medical radiation, midwifery, nursing, occupational therapy, optometry, osteopathy, uh, paramedicine, pharmacy, physiotherapy, podiatry, and psychology. Mm -hmm. So if, if your profession falls within that, this national law will apply to you. Yeah. Now, if you don't fall into that, well, then the national law doesn't apply to you. Okay, but it doesn't mean that other laws won't apply to you. And as a health professional, a number of laws apply to you. <laughs> like everything in Australia, there's lots of laws and lots of regulations and lots of codes. So it doesn't mean that there's always one law that applies to you. There might be a number, a number of laws. Going back to this national law. So that first of all, I think the question and, and for the listeners out there was um, when you contacted me in December was, who can use the term practitioner, who can use the term specialist, who can use these certain certain kind of terms that are general terms? Well, the national law states that those health professions or professionalists in those areas, which mm -hmm. I just read out to you, and the national law will apply to you. And there's obviously a guideline for them utilizing certain terms um, like specialists and professionals. Mm -hmm. But you have had to have fallen under one of those specialist areas. So they've actually got, I say guidelines for advertising, because obviously if you pretend to be a specialist in that area, you're mm -hmm. going to advertise that. So there's specific guidelines and you have to comply to those guidelines. And it actually details if you are a medical practitioner or a GP, how you can actually state you are one and how you can pretend to be a specialist in a certain area. 
And if you don't abide by those laws, obviously consumers out there can go lay complaints with the with the different industry bodies um, or in terms of the advertising code, they can lay a complaint and look into it. And obviously there'll be penalties applied to that medical professional and they'll have to remove that speciality from their advertising or from their name, wherever they've included it, um, yeah. if that's the case. Now, if you don't fall underneath, I think that's where the question you're getting at. What happens if you don't fall underneath that national law? Mm -hmm. Well, you might be subject to certain codes or industry bodies that you, you might be registered to. Yeah. Say like in the fitness industry, the fitness industry is not regulated by a specific law that deals with advertising guidelines. So you can call yourself a fitness specialist or a fitness professional mm -hmm. um, of some kind. And there's no national law at the moment that actually, from what I see, no national law that states, okay, you can only advertise yourself in the certain way. These fitness professionals or exercise professionals or specialists may be a member of a certain association and that association might have a specific code and they might state this is how you can advertise yourself or proclaim to be yourself and if there's certain complaints you can make a complaint to that body. I know I'm not kind of going in big circles here but I'm trying to answer the whole question <laughs> in one go and maybe I'm ending the the podcast in about three minutes. <laughs> no, that's not. Even though a certain practitioner or specialist not might not be regulated by that specific national law. They might be regulated by some other industry code or association. But if you're not regulated by the national law, a lot of these associations, um, like the fitness associations, are quite careful in, in advertising or utilizing the word specialist or professional in certain areas. Yeah, well, I think where my head was going and where I kind of went down the the rabbit hole was that if you are part of a profession that falls under the national law, um, then advertising those professions and using the word specialist is then that's the law that actually will, will govern that. Though as an exercise physiologist, obviously we're not governed under that law. We were not part of the list that you read out. Does that mean that I can go around calling myself a specialist because... I'm an exercise physiologist and I'm not governed by the national law? Or do I have to be one of the professions that is governed by the national law for that particular part to apply to me? So theoretically, from how I see it, you, you can advertise yourself. But stating that, you know, industry bodies like the ESSA and, and yeah. other ones are stating to their members, please do not. Just don't um, do it. <laughs> just be very, very careful because what they're trying to do is they're trying to get a national law or to, mm -hmm. for your specific occupation to be included under the national law as a health service provider to help the industry. And that's why they're cautioning their members for doing it. Um, obviously, each body will have their separate motives and they, mm -hmm. their separate opinions on it. So I'm not speaking on their behalf, but that's why they, they're just careful on how they utilize it. Let's take another example for instance because I've read some really fun case law um, about people who are like pretending to be doctors and pretending to be um, physiotherapists and things like that now that's what the law protects against like there's part yes. of the national law that protects against that for me I was thinking okay so is the confusion around the actual profession versus the person because anybody can potentially break the national law right like you don't have to be 
a registered allied health professional to do that, like the fake doctor scenario. Yeah, it happens all the time. And, and that happens around the whole world. The national law will still apply to you even if you're not accredited. And even if you proclaim to be a doctor, you're still acting underneath that health profession. So you'll be subject to it. And believe me, there's going to be a lot of liability against you if you do proclaim to be a doctor. And that, that'll be criminal liability too. You know, So there can be all different penalties opposed upon you. But yeah, that definitely happens. You know, there's doctors out there that have obviously lost their accreditation and continue to practice, or mm -hmm. there's international doctors that come and are not properly accredited in, in Australia. So that does happen all the time. Okay. So correct me if I'm wrong with this thinking. Let me <laughs> try to explore it a bit. I'm going back to me personally as an exercise physiologist. My profession falls outside of the scope of the national law. But me as an individual is still subject to that law. So if I break any part of that law, people can take me to court. There are potentially consequences as a result of that. Effectively, just because I'm an EP, it doesn't make me immune to any part of the national law. So it's only professionals that are, or individuals that will fall under one of those different categories will actually be subject to that law. Basically, if I start calling myself a doctor and I start calling myself a then you will fall under it. Then me as an individual will fall under that law. A hundred percent. Ah, got it. And not just that law. There'll be a whole lot of other laws that will be subject to you as well. Yeah, um, that I... you that that you might be violating. In my readings as well, and kind of looking at some of the research that I've done, something that I found really interesting going back to the advertising is say I'm an exercise physiologist but I also have a business that has physiotherapists if I break the advertising laws for physiotherapy which is a regular which is regulated under the law then I can be in trouble is that a hundred percent a hundred percent so you'll be subject to that law but you've got to also remember the the over the other laws that will be applicable is obviously the consumer protection there's always consumer protection and there's mm -hmm. a big section that deals with misleading and deceptive conduct Ah. And always you've got a duty to provide some kind of care or skill in your expertise or speciality. And you've got to be fit and proper for your, your specified purpose or your the services that you provide. In addition to the national law, there are, as you uh, mentioned at the top of the episode, there are possibly a uh, whole range of a other laws. hundred percent, especially in the health in the health area. There's other acts that will be applicable as well. What is it about health professionals and the healthcare? Are our laws a little bit heavier, is that the right word, than most other professions? Or do you find that there are laws governing every profession and they're probably regulated just as heavily as healthcare? I think it is probably more regulated. But Australia is very, very good in terms of the legislation that they do have and protecting individuals. And, that, and that's what the law is there for, you know what I mean? It's to protect us. And that's all they're trying to do, you know, in terms of the national law is just try to provide a consistent approach to the regulation of health practitioners. They're there to protect the people, and obviously people complain about the laws all the time, but they do protect us, and, and we want those laws in place. Even when it comes to your, your question today with the specialist and practitioner, it would be in the interest of having a national law that actually states who can use these terms across a variety of exercise, health, and fitness industries. It would help. And if there is an accreditation or a body or the different bodies work together in, in terms of forming and, and getting this regulation passed, so it definitely would assist us. 
Yeah, I agree, because I think when I was looking into the actual law, I thought, well, there's a whole bunch of other allied health professionals and medical people and healthcare adjacent people that it would be really important for them to be covered under the law for that to that point to protect the public and the consumers. Exactly. And, and the, the one good thing is generally if you, you're seeking help from somebody or someone that falls under the, one of those 16 health professions, the person will be accredited to a, a larger organization. And if they are accredited you know, to an organization, say, with 20 or 50,000 members, generally speaking, you should be in safe hands. You know, they should mm -hmm. have insurance. But always do your research. Yeah, thanks so much for that. Now, wrapping up, where can people find you to ask some more heated, pointed questions and specific to their own circumstances? So the easiest is to Google Hunt and Hunt Lawyers. We've got a good website. You can find me on there. Otherwise, you can find me on LinkedIn under Tyrone Walker. Otherwise, they can email me at twalker at huntnsw.com.au. Otherwise, pick up the phone and give me a call. We'll add all that onto the show notes. Tyrone, thank you so much for coming onto the pod and um, exploring this super complicated subject in a whole 10 minutes with me. So I appreciate you. Thank you. I hope I explained it as simply as possible. You know, it's quite a detailed <laughs> question. And uh, I try to make things as simple as possible and I hope I did that. It is the law and the law is grey and complicated and we're not going to answer anything to any type of finality in a podcast episode and that's why I encourage people to very much reach out to Tyrone and Hunt and Hunt and have some really good long conversations specific to their circumstances. That's it for now. Thanks Tyrone. Thanks Ria. In my research for this episode, I read about a case involving a person who maintained social media accounts on TikTok and Instagram claiming to be a medical doctor. Check this out. Between the 6th of May 2020 and the 16th of September 2021, Dahlia Carezzi posted 56 videos on her TikTok account and 28 posts on Instagram, which have been removed as a result of APRA's investigation. The posts depicted Carezzi wearing medical scrubs and a stethoscope, talking about topics such as reproductive and sexual health. Her TikTok account had approximately 243,000 followers and had been liked by approximately 1.5 million users. Individual videos posted by Carezzi had been played up to 15.5 million times. Carezzi had never been registered with the Medical Board of Australia and did not work as a medical practitioner, but sent various emails between July 2019 and April 2021 in which she indicated she was authorised or qualified to practice in the medical profession. Last year, October 2023, Carezzi pleaded guilty to one count of using a title, name, initial, word or description that indicated she was authorised or qualified to practice in the medical profession and one count of indicating she was a medical practitioner under Section 116 of the National Law. Wow. Just wow. The Intelligent Rebellion Podcast is a Three Sticks production. It is written, hosted, and produced by me, Maria Mercado. Wills is our Emperor of Sound and our Executive Producer. Join our community at www.theintelligentrebellion.com.